0: Head to patreon.com slash Healthy Mama Chris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode.
1: At the end of the day, the importance is to feel a little bit more in control of yourself. We can't control motherhood. We can't control what's going to happen to our kids. They will have boo-boos, they will be vomiting, they will have bad test grades or whatever, or good test grades, but we, we can do a lot to, for them if we take care of ourselves first.
0: Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat. Especially when you're a mom with meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on again, off again relationship with healthy living, but it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. Chris here, your host. Have you ever heard of the phrase, happy wife, happy life? I know I have when it comes to our husbands, but have you heard the term happy mom, happy kid? I think that is one that is much less talked about because I think oftentimes there are a lot of expectations on moms that once we have kids, we should just... Be happy because we have kids, especially those of us who have a hard time getting pregnant, who have difficult pregnancies, who have difficult postpartums. We're just told, like, just be happy that you have a healthy kid, which is great and awesome. But the health and happiness of us as moms and how we take care of ourselves is really important to how well we are able to take care of our kids, which is why I am so excited for today's guest. Today's guest is Salmira Crespi. She is a writer and a mother of five. She's worked in journalism, she's a copywriter and communications and marketing expert, and she now works as a freelance content producer and investigative journalist, mostly in the areas of psychology and life. So why is she here on the podcast? She is also the co-author of the brand new book, Happy Mom, Happy Kid, with her friend Maria Louisa Mont. Maria is a digital entrepreneur and a mom of four. She previously She previously worked as a child psychologist in Chile, her home country. After moving to the U.S. and being unable to validate her studies in psychology for lack of time as a mom, she slowly built a business through dropshipping, then Amazon, then Shopify from the comfort of her own home while caring for her kids. They both live in Key Biscayne with their husbands and their kids, and they became friends and started to have a conversation about how important it is that we take care of ourselves as moms and that we have passions as moms outside of having our kids, and how we are able to reconcile this desire to be ourselves, to be our unique selves, and also be a great mom to our kids. And what they discovered is that through some studies that they've done and through their research, that happy moms lead to happy kids. And so in this episode, Selmy and I talk about her story. She talks about her rough start to motherhood. Feeling really overwhelmed meeting Maria and feeling like Maria had it kind of all together and really coming together and discovering the importance of becoming a happy mom and what that really means. We had a really awesome, really candid conversation today. We had so much fun chatting. At some point, I just threw out the questions and we really just had a great conversation. So I know you guys are all going to love this. You're going to want to run out and grab their book. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Selmy. Welcome, Selmy. I am so excited to have you on the Healthy Balance Mama podcast today. Hi, Kristen. How are you? I am good. I know that we are going to have such a good conversation today. I can't wait to ask you all of the questions we have prepared and to talk to you about your book that just came out. But I love to start every interview with a fun little icebreaker. And most of my listeners know that this is my favorite thing to ask authors, too, (laughs) um, because you're an author yourself. You've spent a lot of time writing a book, but Do you spend any time reading books? What is, uh, what have you been reading lately?
1: I've actually been reading uh, the book by Zibby Owens, Moms Don't Have Time To, A Quarantine Mm. Anthology. And um, I was, I actually, we had an interview with Zibby not long ago, and I was telling her, you just reconnected me with the essay. I didn't Mm. know I missed it so much um from starting from middle school when they start to ask you like do the five paragraph essay and do the intro and the three strong paragraphs and the conclusions and it just brought like back so much so many memories of so many essays that i've written and it's just a a great form of writing that i just love so yes and the, the 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 selected essays for from her anthologies are amazing they're they're great so i totally recommend them
0: I love that. I love essay writing. I love stories. I feel like I connect so much more deeply with stories. Um, And I think, you know, that's actually a really good segue to what we're going to talk about today. Cause I think, you know, your story and your experiences are one of the main reasons why you wrote your book and kind of the conversation that we're going to have today and your passion. Mm -hmm. Um, So for my listeners who might not know you yet, can you just share a little bit more about yourself?
1: Okay. So the book was written by two people, myself uh, and uh, Maria Luisa Mont. We're both from Latin America. She's from Chile and I'm from Uruguay. Um, she never lived outside of Chile until she moved here to Miami um, in 2010. And so did I. I moved in 2010 here to Miami. Um, but with the difference that I've always lived abroad because my dad worked for the UN. That's why I have this English. And... Um, and we lived in various places and we lived. I, I lived in Connecticut. And, um, and that's when I, I became a, an American. <laughs> and, um, and so we got together. She's a child psychologist, but she wasn't able to validate her studies here because she landed with a very small baby and another one on the way. So to validate her studies, she basically had to do a lot of work and kind of do college all over again. And as a mom, that was a little bit um, hard at that moment. So she decided to dabble into online entrepreneurship and she started with dropshipping and then Amazon. And then she started Shopify and she started to actually teach her friends and us and me included at one point, um, how to do stuff on Amazon, on, on, online, just kind of have something like a side hustle that you could call your own. Um, and then I, uh, came here, I was able to work as a communication specialist um, at an airline, and everything was fine. But then my firstborn was uh, born with Down syndrome and a heart surgery. So we decided that maybe I would should stay home and kind of take care of her for the first couple of years. And then, since we decided that we always wanted like various children, um, I wanted four. He wanted three. I was like, let's just let me, now that I stepped out of the corporate world for a while, let's just have all the kids together. Um, I think that was, it's a good thing to have kids close together. It's my opinion, just because my my siblings were so far away from me in in years. that I was like, I wanted my kids to have automatic playdates in their own home. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to to just kind of stay home. But I started to miss my professional life and I I had a one baby and then I had another, well, now I have five um, and I am so happy. And I have f- from eight to six months of age. Um, Maria has four from 11 to four. And, um, and, and we're, we, we really are uh, like trying to help moms understand that it, it's not about how many kids you have. It's not about being a mom. It's about you and the connection that you have with yourself and what you really need and what uh, not forgetting what your passion is or not forgetting what really moves you. uh, That's going to keep you motivated and in your best self. And um, and since we do have so many kids, we have nine between both of us, um, we're kind of experts by experience. Um, We're not we're not doctors. We're not um, I mean, we're not we're not scientists, but we did do our best effort to gather as much info as we could to kind of answer our own questions. And the questions that we heard a lot of moms around us that had uh, about what happens, like why why is it so hard to make decisions as a mom, all of a sudden, why is everything so sticky? Why, why can't I just go back to work? Why can't can't I feel good now that I went back to work? Uh, what is this about mom shame and mom guilt? What, what is this entire movement that we go through? And, um, it was basically, uh, a project that was a combination of my 2020 goal. I decided I was going to write a book. My first book, I was, it's like, it it was a goal that I had for so many years. And I just kept on putting it on the back burner because I had my corporate life. And then because I had, I was a mom and because I was pregnant and then then pregnant again and and trying on Amazon and whatever. And it was like, stop it. Like you love to write. You really want to write. I I kept on doing copywriting and just kind of stealing writing moments into my life, but not really doing it. And, um, and then I run into Maria one day that we're we've been friends for years and um and it's just been this ongoing conversation that we kept on having um what what happened what why is it so hard to get to do this and why is it so hard to to get your job done or whatever and Maria was so successful I kept on asking her like but how are you how are you managing like the four kids and, and the online business and she started doing online courses to to teach other moms to 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 sell online all in Spanish um, and she was like, I don't, I don't know. I just find the time. And it's like, well, why, like, why, what happened to you? And what happened to me? Like, what, what is this? There's something here. And she was like, you know what? I've always wanted to write a book. And she's like, and I'm like, you're going to laugh, but I, the, the name is, I've always, I have always, I've known for five years, I wanted to write a book called happy mom, happy kid. And I was like, that's so funny. Cause the other day I was talking to my husband that I want to write a book this year and he was like, you should write a book about your international life. And I was like, I want to write a book about motherhood because I really want to like dive into that, the information that's going to give me peace. And he's like, no, no, I think you're going to sell better. It's going to be much more successful if you write about your international life because everybody's moving around so much and whatever. I was like, okay, um, yeah, it could be. And then I obviously a guy's going to say that. And then I I walk into my friend and she's like, why don't we just write a book together? I was like, yes, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um and that's how it started. And that's when we we decided that happy mom, happy kid had to happen, basically.
0: Mm, I love that. What a cool story. Everything from both of your journeys to coming together and going oh my gosh, we have kind of the same mission that we both want to write this book. We want to help other moms. You have so much experience with nine kids between the two of you. I have two kiddos and it's a lot to manage. And I'm also a work from home mom, most of the time in the home, but I teach cooking classes. Sometimes it's outside of the home too. Um, And then of course the podcast. So I can 100% relate to trying to manage all of the things and wanting to be a good mom and wanting to be a good wife and really trying to find that, balance, hence the healthy balance mama podcast. And uh, really this podcast I've talked about quite a bit, really started from my passion of finding balance with food and movement and kind of the health side of things. And over the last three years has really evolved into balance in every area. As I've heard from my listeners and I've experienced myself, how much balance is so much more than just what we eat and how we move. And it's important to find balance in that, but it really is about that holistic balance in our lives as a whole and taking care of ourselves as a whole that really makes for that balanced life. And so that was when I first discovered you and I was like, oh yeah, I would, I would love to have you come on and share your story and share your book because I think it, it is so important. So something that you um, talk about even in your introduction is that we've all heard the phrase, happy wife, happy life. I think many of us have heard that, you know, when referring to uh-huh. our husbands. But you guys are on this mission to shift that motto for moms into what you just shared, the name of your book, Happy Mom, Happy Kid. So where did this come from kind of beyond this idea that Maria Luisa had about you know, this kind of being the name of the book? Where did, what does it mean to you? What does Happy Mom, Happy Kid really mean to you? And, and kind of how did you take that as, I guess, a jumping off point for, for where you took your book?
1: Well, the reason was that um, Maria had her reason she she shared it when we were brainstorming the book. She's like um, she she worked as a child psychologist for maybe like maybe one two years and then she she had to move to Miami and she couldn't continue. but she did find. That in many cases, when a mother would come and bring their child to have, oh, this kid has this problem or this kid has that other problem, if she would take a second to sit down and talk with the mom, she would usually find that the mom was struggling with something. And that something was always kind of in the same ballpark as what was going on with the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or maybe just one of like the symptoms of what was going on. So, if the mom was really, really not, um, relaxed and she was having a lot of stress and the kid was suffering from a little bit of anxiety. And she was like, well, how, how are we doing at home? Like <laughs> the, like the, 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 question would come up and um, she just find, started to find that little pattern. And she found that pretty, pretty interesting. Then she beca- became a mom herself and she did realize the importance of keeping her head balanced and her, her, her sanity uh, afloat um, by keeping up with something and that's when she started dabbling uh, with the, the online business and I myself um, since I did have a little bit of a rough start with Josefina was she with her down syndrome and then the the operation the the heart surgery and everything um, and then I had to like dive into the whole therapy world and understand how that worked and everything um, I really really, really like like threw myself hundred percent into into motherhood um but stepping out of a nine to five job at an office so the switch was like so extreme and and so such a, a different world and then I was just like going in and out of hospitals and therapies and stuff and um and I kept on plummeting through basically I had my second child and then one day I go to Maria and I was like I don't I don't, I don't know where, I, where I've gone. Like, I, I don't know who I am anymore and I feel like I've lost myself. I feel like I don't really know what to do, but something is off. Something is not working. I, I don't feel the way I thought I was going to feel. And that's when we started talking about the importance of you feel feeling uh, so much better than what you would have expected. I mean, it doesn't come naturally. It's not that you become a mom and then you just naturally become a happy mom because you have a kid. Um, no, it's, it's actually something that you have to work on and you have to keep an eye out. And how do you do that is, um, trying to keep a balanced, uh, like, uh, effort of your yourself in different, uh, areas of your life. And I really, I mean, it sounds so cliche. I don't want to wear, I don't want to use overuse the word balanced, as oh we have to find balance and we have to be balanced and everybody keeps on talking about it and I know that it generates a lot of stress to a lot of people if you don't explain uh what we're talking about obviously obviously you you know what I'm talking about that's why you have so many episodes because I mean you can't just say balance and then stay shut up Mm -hmm. you have to keep on you have to explain what you're talking about um and it's just uh it's it's the book the idea was we we wanted to not stress moms out more than they are they already are, because we obviously are writing to moms that feel that something is off and that they're that something is not OK or that just need somebody that to, to feel that somebody has their back and certain emotions that they don't really are comfortable having. Uh, we want them to feel permission to feel whatever they're feeling and let them know that that does not um, that does not give them an evaluation of if they're a good or bad mom. Um, we want them to know that we've all gone through this. That's when the word mattresses comes in. Um, mattresses. Um, and then uh, we, we want them to understand that there is a, a, a huge importance in the, again, cliche example of put your mask on first and then put the mask on the child that they tell you the airplane. Because, um we are taking care of very little people and maybe not so little for some people anymore. And we do have a certain responsibility towards them to be responsible with ourselves. And that's, that's kind of where the, the whole happy mom, happy kid comes from. It's just um, it, if you are, if you are uh, taking care of yourself and all, all, all of your areas, we assure you that you're going to be in a much better headspace to not only be obviously a good mom to your kid in the sense that you're going to be more happy or, or more available, emotionally available or with more patience, but you're also going to have a, a much keener uh, sense of being able to watch out where your kid is struggling or where he really needs you and where he doesn't. Because that is for me and for Maria, the key of of uh of being uh, a good parent it's uh where is the fine line between helping your kid and 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 kind of damaging his independence it's you, you have to kind of be there but kind of like know when to pull back and if you're not really in your bad headspace, you're probably gonna go way too much in or you're just gonna go way too much out and we've gone through all of our, all of the states of motherhood. We both had really good days, really good bad days. We have good good births, bad births. Uh, we've had good postpartums, bad postpartums. We like between the both of us, we've had like all the the, the, the whole rainbow of experiences. And um, and the book really wants wants to tell the reader, you know what? It's it's okay. I mean, like this this happens and that happens, and and we were shocked with this as well, and we were not. Uh, informed that this was going to be like this either Uh, but at the end of the day we're we're fine and we're going to be okay and 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 you can do it and um, and and here is a very strong um, but but soft um, available uh, option of taking care of yourself in the most stress-free way that we could think of and um and that's when we offered um the we talk about the different areas that you have to take care of and and how and why is kind of uh, what we tried and then in every chapter of you've seen we give a little uh personal experience of each just to kind of give you a uh, we're we're kind of all on the same boat
0: mm, oh my gosh i love that so much and it was a little bit of a gut check for me when you're like, we have a responsibility to our kids because we have a responsibility to, or we have a responsibility for ourselves, for our kids, right? That taking care of ourselves is part of the responsibility we have to take care of our kids. I think that is so important. And you're right that we do oftentimes hear, put your oxygen mask on first, but what does that mean practically? What does that mean when we're going through those really hard seasons with our kids, whether it's you know, we're going through a tough pregnancy or we're going through, um, especially when we have other kids or we're going through a tough postpartum or our kids have special needs or our kids are going through something with school. We have that responsibility towards them and we want to take care of them. But what about, you know, how how are we taking care of ourselves to best take care of them? Um, I heard something on social media the other day that, I think it, it really plays well into, into what we're talking about today. And it, it hit me really hard. Um, and it was this idea that oftentimes we are told that our goal is that our kids have a really good future. And he was talking about how important it is that our kids have a happy childhood. And that we, you know, we are focusing on the now, right? And taking care of ourselves and taking care of our kids now so that they have a happy past. So yes, we're, yes. we're obviously, we want them to have a happy future and a good future. Yes. We want to help them work towards that. But we also want them to look back and to be like, I had a happy childhood. I had a good childhood.
1: It's 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 the concept of just basically building a really good base for their entire lives, um it, it it does it makes total sense what you're saying it's yeah it's about that and it does i think it does influence uh how your mom was feeling uh during your childhood and how i mean if we all know i mean I, re- I do remember my mom being a little bit more stressed when my sister went to college for example and she was maybe not so uh emotionally available for me but then she was like so emotionally available for me when i was like so much younger and i was the youngest of four and um and I was like really creative and I used to like to write poems and write and whatever. And I was just like, I remember her attention there and just kind of like smiling at me. Um, And it just, it it does, it does eventually come back to you as an adult. Like when you don't feel your best self, just knowing that your mom was there, I mean, there, it does kind of change your, your experiences. And obviously uh, there are a lot of experiences of, people that can say that they didn't have the best experience with their moms and it does affect you in a way so it's it's good it's good to have it on the radar at least
0: yeah absolutely so there was something that you mentioned a word that you mentioned that you talk about in your book um, and I'm probably going to butcher it but can you explain this idea of matrescence and what it is and why it isn't talked about more
1: I. Loved the second that I found the word Matrescence. I was doing uh, a bunch of research for the book. Uh, basically, the book is a is a is a very huge investigation, a journalistic j- journalistic investigative investigation project. Uh, we started out with a with a couple of questions and then a couple of hypotheses, and then we started working and trying to find it in psychology and trying to find it in literature, trying to find it everywhere. And in one of my researches, I actually found an article by Dr. Alexandra Sachs. She's a reproductive psychiatrist um, in New York. And she uh, actually gave a TED talk, which is great, uh, about how she started noticing that she started to receive a lot of moms that um, were sure they had postpartum depression. And she started talking to them and kind of dabbling with them. And she started realizing that, no, you don't have postpartum depression. you just... You had so many expectations of what motherhood was going to be like, and you're just not feeling what you thought you were going to suppose, you were supposed to feel, but it's uh, obviously postpartum depression is something that happens. One out of seven women do have it. And it's a very serious issue. Um, I've had my, my, my out of the five, I have, I've had a couple of rough postpartums, um, but the 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 word matrescence which is fabulous basically was the the biggest aha moment that we had when we were writing the book because it says that uh, like adolescence matrescence is what the mother goes through as an adolescence which is a direct impact to their hormones that are their brain and their body teenagers go through this and everybody's like, well, well, he's being a teenager. And like, yeah, he's kind of all over the place. And everybody kind of like lets teenagers kind of be, uh, but mothers not so much. It's like, okay, you should be super happy. You have a baby. It's healthy. Everything's fine or no, but I mean, you're fine. Um, when are you going to bounce back? When are you going to have your second baby or your third or whatever? Um, I mean, like the, it, there's so much pressure for you to just be okay and be happy. And there's so many expectations of what a mother should be feeling. And like uh, coming out of five pregnancies and Maria out of four, it's like, you don't really feel that great and in certain moments. And what is it? And you you go to the hospital and they, and they, you have your baby and you check off the well, obviously I don't want to harm the baby. Obviously I don't want to harm myself. I mean, no, I mean, this isn't postpartum depression, but then nobody else really kind of asks you, like, how do you feel? And maybe your, your most easy answer is, well, I'm not feeling great because I didn't sleep very well, but sometimes there are, there are more deeper issues that come with it. And if you had a very hard uh, pregnancy experience, such as myself, which I, I vomit like a uh, like an exorcism, um, situation, like all of my pregnancies were absolutely puked. Um, and then, um, or if you had a really long, um, delivery, like I have with my first, I mean, there, there's a whole like physical recuperation situation that just like, it's, it's not, it's not a happy moment for anybody, no matter how happy you are to have the baby, uh, you're still going through a lot. Um, but there's like no, not so much space for that. So, yeah. uh, And the the best uh, fact about Metrosense is that everybody, 100 percent of women go through it when they walk into motherhood. Uh, So what does this mean? Obviously, people do like women do vary in the way that this movement affects them. It depends obviously on their personality, their history, their age, their like millions of, of, of small details. But uh, I think it's a really, really good, valid point to take into account that if you felt something that you shouldn't feel, hey, look, there's a word for it. It's matrescence. Uh, you had this huge movement. It's OK. Don't worry. Take care of yourself. Go check up. Well, if you want, read up, read up on it. If you want, go to a professional. Therapy is the best thing you can do do whatever you need to do to feel okay with yourself, because it's not easy, because look at all the movement that has been going on. And you're not a teenager anymore, you you were kind of doing your life, you were having your you, you were having your career, you were married to the guy you wanted to marry, You had control over so many things. And then, as we say in the book, the, the Rubik's Cube of life starts moving. And you're like, Okay, let me grab this again, to, to feel that I can Continue to do this, but then something moves out of the way so that you can grab that, and then you can grab the the, the second block, and everything shifts, and it's it's so, it's you you start to feel like you don't have any more control, but you do. It's just that your focus has changed, and that's it. And to answer your question of why we haven't heard so much about it, I don't know. I have my conspiracy theories, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, what I did read up a little bit on on the terms of psychology is that, um, when it comes to moms in the history of psychology and basically the world, um, everybody, I mean, we need, we, we obviously, we needed women to, to keep reproducing and having babies. And, uh, and I do feel that there, there it was like, kind of like, well, that, that's just motherhood. That's basically what it's, what it should be like uh, don't complain. That's your job. That's the most, the biggest thing that's expected for you. Like for, for the, like 40 years back, I mean, you didn't really expect too much out of a mom. If she was a, if she was a woman and then she became a mom and she had kids, that was it. I mean, applause and applause, that was it. That's that you, you lived your life. Um, and I do feel that, uh, the 1970s, which is when the, an anthropologist actually came up with that word that they they were like, this is, this is something that's happening. Like the women go through a lot of movement in a lot of ways. I think the 1970s, that, that was pretty late for my taste. I mean, why are like, why are we talking about this in the seventies? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like my friend says, if, uh, if guys had to be pregnant and they were puked seven times a day, we, it would obviously there would be a pill for that already. I think Amy Schumer <laughs> talked about it too. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's something that we really have to talk about. We have to put on on the table and, and it's not about not wanting to be a mother or not liking motherhood. It's like don't don't cheapen it. So like don't go there. It's it's about really understanding what you just went through or what you're gonna go through, so that once you go through it, you understand the challenge that you went through. I mean, and and you and you permit yourself to to like you know I'm 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 tired or I need to recover or I need to uh, I need help. Um, or maybe I don't want to go back to work or maybe I do need to go back to work. It was just like all those things that just kind of pop up and, um, I'm, I'm just blabbing on, sorry, but I just remembered the other day I was at a dinner party and the Chicago marathon just, you know, just happened yeah. and I was at a dinner party and I was talking to this uh, lady and she had, um, she had two kids and she had just ran, ran the marathon and we were talking with her husband and my husband and she's like, yes, I did it in three hours and I don't know, 10 minutes. And it was like, my husband was like, Oh my God, that's like super fast. And it was yeah. like, wow, that's amazing. It's just great. Um, and, and so she's like, so what do you do? And she's like, she worked for MasterCard or whatever. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a stay at home mom, but i but I, I, I've always tried to get back to work. I actually worked in an airline, this airline. And then, uh, now eventually I finally wrote my first book. I'm really happy with that. And she's like, Oh my gosh, like I used to work at that airline and my husband too. Do you remember such and such? I was like, no, do you remember that guy? Oh God, no. And she was like, you know what? And I just stopped her and was like, I've had five kids in eight years I have a lot of mental like blanks. I just, yeah. I don't remember. It's just like, you're talking about eight to nine years ago. I really mm-hmm. think that that was like another person that was living that life. And I felt kind of stupid. I felt kind of like, Oh my God, like everybody's talking about their professional life. And I'm just like, no, I just had so many babies. I'm sorry. Um, and then I went to sleep and I was talking to my husband and my husband's like, well, I mean, Maybe you didn't run, run a marathon in in three hours, but you did have five kids in eight years, and yeah. I, that to me is like a huge physical effort that you did. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, yes. Not not to say emotional. Um, so I would kind of pat myself on the back if I were you. <laughs> like, uh, let's look at the actual win here. It was like, you know what? That's that's right. I mean, it's been the longest marathon in the world, I think. But I mean, I really, I really like doubled down and 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 did as much as I could because physically it was absolutely horrible <laughs> to, to go through it. Thank God I have a a, a good uh, body, but geez. Um, so yes, uh, mattresses really has been kind of like the bandaid I was needing to my healing process of Jesus, tell me what happened. Like, why can't you have a job and why can't you just pop into the office again? And why can't you just write so much like you used to? It's like, you know what? I just went through a lot. It's been a roller coaster and let's just, um, see how I can organize myself to when I feel better. And every day postpartum, I feel much better. My baby's now six months. And it's just like every time I feel like, oh, my God, I got more brain cells back. That's awesome. Just like and and every day is, is a new day and it's a new win.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, you shocked me even when you said, oh, my kids are from you know ages eight to ages six months. And I'm like, you're, you're on a podcast call right now and you have a six month old? <laughs> you are a superhero. Moms are superheroes. And this concept makes so much sense to me. When I heard it, I was like, I literally like my, like my mouth was like gaping open. I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And it really isn't talked about the fact that we are kind of expected just to go from, Whatever stage of life we are in, you know, oftentimes for many of us, it's you know, either we're you know we've been married for it could be a couple months, could be a couple years or or we have you know, a partner and we're maybe maybe we have a career, we're just living our life to, like you said, going into motherhood, which is a massive change. There's so many changes happening, changes within our bodies, changes within our families. sometimes there are things like moves happening too, so yes. many things, so much movement, like you said happening. Of course, it's going to be this huge identity shift, this physical change, this mental, emotional change. And I think you're so right that it's not I don't think it's recognized unless it's that point of despair, like that point of which is true and valid. And, you know, we should all make make sure that we are getting help in whatever stage that we are in, especially if we're at that point of, you know, that postpartum depression or anxiety or being in that place of, you know, desperation, but we don't necessarily need to be in that place of desperation to recognize that we have gone through this big change and it might be hard and we can get help through that. And so- Oh my gosh. So powerful. And I think that there, I know that there's going to be so many moms listening who have the same aha moment as as you (laughs) did. And as I did going, oh my gosh, yes, this is a big change. Why are we not talking about this? And it is, I think it is that, you know, not even just decades, but centuries long, I guess, expectation of moms to just go from who we were to now this, this mother. And there's a lot that we have to, we have to go through to, to kind of, kind of shift that identity. So I'm wondering, you know, within, within the research that you've done and within what you talk about in your book, how do we start to begin this sort of reclaiming of ourselves, this new version of ourselves, this new identity as ourselves, but also ourselves as a mom without feeling like, you know, our old self is totally gone. You know, I know that you said that there's, There's sometimes so many gaps in those early years of motherhood Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we're like just kind of trying to survive. And there's sometimes that point where we get to where we're like, wait, who who was she? So how do we start to reclaim this kind of new version of ourselves? Well, I
1: think that, uh, motherhood does really give you an awesome, and new opportunity to come out into the world and say, okay, what do I really want? Because you do now have a huge, massive change in your life, which is the, the, the person that you have to take care of right now. Um, and, uh, and you have to, obviously you, you have to be a little bit more effective with your scheduling in, but, um, but I think the first step is, as we talk in the book, like how do you how do you get yourself from being um, number two to to back to number one? Um, obviously, the reason that we we kind of do step back into our self care and self maybe that eventually affects our self love. Um, the reason is that this new being. Just obviously is it produces such a massive uh, explosion of love and adoration for for this huge, cute little be- being that is now in your life, and it's it's obviously natural that you like, you focus so much on that baby and its needs. It's actually natural, and it's it's something chemi- chemical as well uh, with the hormone combination of the baby and yours. But. Um, we do have to realize that eventually, like like Winnicott, the the psychologist, talks about, we do have to eventually start to understand and have peace with the fact that we're going to be able to satisfy the kids' needs up to a certain point. And then we're supposed to start to fail in in helping them out with everything. And that's where the, the independent person starts popping up. And he talks about the good enough mother as something that is uh, a requisite for an independent child. You, if you're a hundred percent like stock full, all your poker chips are put on being the best mother and a hundred percent mother and completely present mother over that kid. The kid's not going to, um, Come out as independent or as strong as you wanted to, because he's going to feel that he has to live certain things for you or because of you. And you're going to measure your life according to if the kid makes a mistake or not. And that's a very hard uh, territory to be walking in. So in order to uh, reclaim, we did the Happy Mom study. We wanted to know where the answer was on what we really need as moms. We don't go back into how to live mattresses a little bit better. How can we avoid mattresses? No, no. Mattresses happens and it's a natural part of the process. Let's like that. We we have to leave that be. Uh, that's perfect. You can be a little bit more prepared. So live mattresses, obviously, if you're informed about it, that's completely, or like I had like, once I understood what was going on, I had all of my ammunition, ammunition ready. I had my my lactation consultant on, 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 speed dial. I had a therapist on speed dial. I had, um, two, three friends on speed dial. Like I knew like what I needed. Obviously I learned this by pregnancy number three, not with one and two. um, but if uh, to, to get back to you, what we want, because we, we don't want to be a how to book, we don't want to stress you out. We don't want you to feel that you're doing something wrong. We want you to like do exactly what you're doing, but start paying attention to your week to see if you're being able, if you're feeling that you're being able to dabble in certain areas of your life. And so we did the happy mom study, which we took up 600 or so women. And we asked them, like, what makes you feel more satisfied? Like, where do you really feel satisfaction? Because that at the end of the day is the answer. We we need you to get into the best headspace and feel satisfied with yourself first to then start working on whatever area you need to work on if you really need to. Maybe you don't. But it's, it's the book, the idea is to kind of push you and then tell you, look, you, you can be in a better headspace, like let's put you in a better headspace now. And then if you want to open your wings and fly a little bit higher, there's all of these places you can go and find information or books or podcasts like yours, um, like everything. So um, the Happy Mom study with the, these 600 ladies, uh, we asked them, um, like obviously 80% were moms. Um, and, and we just, uh, they answered, uh, a couple, we, the questions about the self-satisfaction, we put in a lot of positive psychology. We actually studied other studies before you actually start to do once you do your study, you have to be able to know what studies have been done on the subject because it's like, so you don't repeat studies, obviously. Um, and, um, we, we kind of built our own study and then we got a hundred of these 600 ladies and we did a follow-up for a month. And each week we would ask them, could you please check this box of, if you were able to take care of your healthy diet or your, um, your spouse or partner, um, or your spirituality practice, like just kind of check once a week. And the, the cool thing about the study uh, was that we, since we didn't want to stress anybody out, um, the the conclusion was that to really feel satisfied, us women and moms, to feel satisfied of, uh, about ourselves, we don't need much more than one check in each area per week to feel okay with ourselves. Because that's all we need right now. We're, we're starting small, we're doing, taking baby steps. So imagine if you start, by eating a healthy lunch once a week you check off the box or you start um doing something outside of your home it doesn't have to be work that you get paid for but maybe you take up a project that really interests you that has nothing to do with your with your kids or that it's not going to be evaluated by your kids or by your husband or by your spouse or whatever um It's just, it's going to be yours and you're going to be able to have it somewhere else and other people are going to see it or you're just going to see it. I don't care if it's writing. I don't care if it's getting a new job, whatever, but something that just makes you use all of your potential in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you can just check that box, it could be literally just taking an online course for 10 minutes once a week. Uh, signing up for a masterclass and just listening to a course of something that in, makes you feel more like your brain cells are moving in a different way. And the good, the good thing is about the happy mom study is that we realized that we just need one check, like one check per week. So imagine if you start wow. checking in more, that'd be awesome. So it's just, we don't need that much to really feel good about ourselves because then you're going to be able to really say, okay, you know what? I really want to work again or i really want to uh start yoga or really want to work out or i am not happy with my body or i am happy with my body but i want to be more healthy okay let's but we we want to just start the wheel just to turn we just want the the, to start moving you towards the actual project of whatever you want to do
0: yeah oh my gosh i feel like this is revolutionary i'm like just, mm. just one check. There's That's so it. much pressure in this like self-care mom world to yes. do all of the things. And you know, whenever I talk to women, I always encourage them. It, it really is about those small steps. But I think even taking it back to going, it's, it's not just about small steps each day. It's small steps each week. Let's check one box this week and help to improve ourselves, improve the way we feel about ourselves, just one small step at a time. And then we can kind of build from there. I think that's yes. so huge. Um, oh and we have gosh. the
1: in our, in our book. We have the checklist. I mean, yeah. it, this it's it's not a complex quiz that you have to really think about. It's the easiest thing in the world. But it's just if you finish your week and just look at what your what boxes you checked, and then you're going to see, you know, what I I would like to check this box once more, or maybe I wasn't able to check this box, and you just know what you're going to do next week. And that's just going to start making you feel better about yourself. You're going to be able to move yourself around your different areas of your life, uh, your friends, uh, your social life. Women, we need our, we need our, our crew. We need our, our tribe. Um, that's not a mystery. Um, connect with with other moms if you feel lonely. Like mom, mom motherhood can be very isolating, especially in the U.S. Um, it used to be so much easier, like before that everybody used to grow up with their grandparents and their uncles. And now everybody's, uh, working from a different state or or from a different country. And we, we've lost that tribe. And so it is really, again, it's a responsibility for us moms to really know that we can't do this alone and we shouldn't, and we weren't built to do it alone. So reach out to that mom at the park or reach out to that mom at your kids class and just go get some coffee and start uh, bonding because, I mean, you don't have to do this alone at all.
0: Mm, yeah, such an important point it, because I, I know I, I've talked on the podcast before about um, my first daughter who's, uh, she'll be eight in a couple weeks now, but we lived in Toronto. My husband's Canadian. And so we lived up there for about five years and I didn't have any, um, I'm from the US, so I didn't have any family up there. He had family up there, but they were um, several hours away. And so when I had her for the first six months before um, I I moved back to the U.S. and then he moved back with us, um, I didn't have any family around. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I had my daughter really young. And so any of the friends I had there were not in kid mode at all. And I kind of I didn't really know what to do with myself for those first six months. And it was a little overwhelming after my mom left Mm -hmm. after those first couple of weeks going, oh, my gosh, just me and this tiny yes. baby. And my only job right now <laughs> is to keep this baby alive and there's no one else around. And so yes. I remember going to, I shared this in, in another podcast interview, but I remember going to the local library and having in like the baby carrier and mm-hmm. seeing the story time and just kind of like hanging out in the back and just feeling like, well, at least I'm with other moms. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: and it wasn't until I came to the U S and, um, she was about nine months old, so several months after that, obviously, uh, and I joined like a mom fitness program and they would do like outside That's workouts awesome. and then they would have time after for the kids to play. And even though she was still really young, we'd kind of let her crawl mm-hmm. around with the other babies. And I started meeting other moms and then eventually started joining a mom's group. And it really was like life-changing to my motherhood. Absolutely. And we, we hear about that. We, you know, we hear how important it is to like find your tribe. But I think until we really get into that point b- with motherhood where we're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I don't really have anyone around. Yes. It's like, okay, I need to, I need to find someone. And I think so, I think it can be really intimidating at first. And that's why things like groups, whether it's an online group to start or, you know, an in-person group, there are so many free groups in, in every city. I think just looking for one and, and maybe, maybe trying to couple out to find, to find your tribe, I think is, is really important. It really does make a big difference in motherhood. Yes.
1: And especially like first time moms that they, they, they are, there's, I mean, read our book. First time moms have to read our book yes. because there's nothing like the worst feeling that, that it's just happening to you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the only one feeling this. I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one having trouble with that. And it's just like, no, 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 just read the book. Don't worry. And like, once you read the book, you can go and talk about the book, the, let the book be an excuse to get a new friend at the park. Because it's it's you're not alone. I mean, everybody's gone through this and and at different levels. And the good thing about our book is that since we did co-write it, um, it was just like Maria's experience of motherhood is so different from mine. I just kept on feeling like I was like a gerbil, like like constantly like running, 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 and slipping and falling and slipping and falling. And she was kind of like maybe because of her psychology background or maybe because of of just the way she was. She was like, no, 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 I, I, I don't, I, I need to, to do this, like to try to get out of this, um, like this, um, this rut that I feel right now, what am i going to do. And she's like, she was, she was much more clear in her way. Obviously I had the bumpy start, but, um, it was just, she, she did, she directly went into, I'm going to do something from home and it's going to, it's going to match my motherhood lifestyle. And I was like, I I'm I don't I don't I, I was like a headless chicken running around mm-hmm. nonstop and there was no way I could find an answer. And it was pretty frustrating. But um I started talking and talking and talking with moms at the park, and I started realizing that yeah, I mean it, it's it's something that everybody goes through. And there is something like we talk about the book, it does, it is, it has a lot to do with your identity because mattresses does affect your identity and um, motherhood affects your identity and it kind of moves you around. And then you do come out, it's not that you come out with a new identity. You just have to recalibrate. I like, the, I, I found that word the other day in an interview. Um It's, it's, you have to like recalibrate your, your mm-hmm. identity. It's like, okay, yeah. we're going to change this and that, but it's, it's not, you're still you, but you do have to recalibrate everything a little bit more so that you're, you're a little bit more, in control. That's, that's, we kind of, at the end of the day, the importance is to feel a little bit more in control of yourself. We can't control motherhood. We can't control what's going to happen to our kids. They will have boo-boos. They will be vomiting. They will have bad test grades or whatever, or good test grades, but we, we can do a lot to, for them if we take care of ourselves first.
0: Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And you know, I have a very interesting kind of journey of my own with with motherhood where I before we always we always know what we're going to do before we have kids right we're all the perfect moms until we have kids absolutely (laughs) we have this idea of of the mom that we're going to be and I know my husband had a conversation so he's um, most of my listeners who have who have been listeners for a while know that he's a professional racing sailor and so he goes away often especially in the summertime um, so he has kind of a, a crazy job. And so we had kind of talked before before having my daughter that, you know, I would kind of take the first... I was working, I had my own business um, prior to to having her. I was a personal chef. And I knew that that wasn't something I was going to be doing kind of once she was born. But we kind of talked about me just being a mom for a few years and that mm-hmm. just being my my main job and my main role. And mm-hmm. I think it was maybe she was like 4 months old or so and i very very quickly came to the realization that i that i i didn't feel like myself anymore and i loved being a mom yes. but i really wanted something else outside mm-hmm. of motherhood too and that was kind of a it was a tough conversation to have in going we had made this decision where it's like no you're just going to be a stay at home mom for a few years as he's building his career and then eventually maybe i'll go back and and do something else wasn't sure what it was going to be but it was yeah. just a few months in, and I was like, Nick, I need something else. i something. wanna I wanna start something else, even if it's just from home, just a little something. And, you know, I, I dabbled in a couple things there. I got another health coaching certification because I needed like a fifth at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I, I started slowly figuring out how I could bring that part of the part of me that loves entrepreneurship, the part of me that loves helping people, um and also, have my, you know, and be a mom too and be a good mom to her. And it's been a, you know, at this point, awesome. it's been a, an eight year journey to figuring out what that looks like and what that yes. balance looks like. And it changes in every season. Now I have two kids and that change and it's literally changed in every season. It's been this ongoing conversation, but it was, it was it's becoming easier and easier owning that these are both parts of me and that's okay. Absolutely. And it's okay that I love being a mom. And I also love being an entrepreneur and having this business and, and really, and just, you know, working with my husband and and about, uh, you know, what what this actually looks like, <laughs> what it looks yes. like to take care of those, um, those identities, those parts of my identity, right. And be able yeah. to, and also take care taking care of myself and my family at the same time. It's tough, but it's, it's important. And I think after we had that kind of hard conversation, that yeah, that idea that we had, I don't, think that's gonna fly <laughs> yes no really I had the exact same changer. conversation
1: as you she's like oh, I should be a stay at home mom and yeah like four or five months later I was like this is not gonna <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. not gonna work and um I always say um I was um I've always been I've always been aware obviously that I was a woman that I was gonna have babies so eventually I was gonna be a mom and I was gonna be married by 25 and have three kids so I think that was my my <laughs> life story or four kids. I always wanted four. It's just, but I was going to be married by twenty-five, and I would already have four kids. Um, then life happened, obviously. Um, but like, what I always say is, um, I was since I've been like two years old, I've been going to school and just uh, learning my ABCs and one two threes um, because I was going to be a professional. And mm-hmm. I've been. Uh, I went to middle school, and then I went to high school, and and I've always have wrote, written essays. What are you going to be when you grow up? oh, I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that and I'm going to be a writer and I'm going to be an actress and I'm going to be whatever. And, um, and it's just obviously motherhood was there, but it was like, nobody really, nobody asked me an essay. Well, what type of mother do you think you're going to be like, no, there, it's like, why, how will you use the internet for your future projects? Like we're talking obviously because I graduated, graduated college many years ago. Um, but uh, the, everything was focused on being a professional, and so mm-hmm. motherhood is something that obviously is obviously an option, a, a, a very good option. And mm-hmm. I was obviously going to be a mom, but I never really like looked into it, studied it, investigated. Nobody really gave me a class on motherhood. Um, so home ed doesn't really like do do the entire uh, crash course and what you need to know. So obviously, when you become a mom, it's it's so different from what you really didn't think about. But that's the worst thing. You you can have expectations about what what being a mother is, but uh, then the, when motherhood is, you realize you really did not think this. The, like you you thought you understood, but you never really under, really yeah. understood it. Um, that's when the identity crisis comes in because I mean, I, I was I was I was bred to be a professional at an office and have a schedule and take good notes and be able to pay attention and raise my hand and participate in meetings. I was bred for that. I was not bred to be a mom. I mean, I, could, I saw my mom be a mom and it was like, oh, I'll, when I'm a mom, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And I obviously was the most critical child, like we all are. And then you become mm-hmm. a parent. And it was like, Jesus, mom, thank you for keeping me alive and feeding <laughs> yes. me and actually talking to me my entire life um, because I was a brat. <laughs> but, uh, but you learn that afterwards. Yeah. So, yes, um, I mean, um, I was I was just starting an essay the other day and I was like, uh, but the title was I I never knew that hitting that, that rock bottom was on the playroom, playroom floor. And that was the title of my essay because I mean, I was literally like sitting on like these colorful, like little squares. My daughter was playing, mm-hmm. and I was, and then all of a sudden, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, like, where did you go? Like, what am I going to do now? Is this life? And I was, I was in shock.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh! I think so many people can can relate to that. So many moms can relate to that. We really aren't taught like this is this is how to be a mom, and it's different for all of us, right? Yes. We're not taught this is this is what you're going to do to become a mom. It's almost like, well, if you're going to choose the mom route, then well, obviously you're just going to naturally know what to do. Like that's yes. So we've got to train you for the much. workforce. We've got to train you to go to middle school, to high school, to college, to whatever whatever further yeah. career you want to do. But for motherhood, it's like, oh, good, you chose the motherhood path. Good. You're good to go. See ya. Have fun. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. And and then there's there really isn't talk about and how were you going to take care of yourself as you were also taking care of tiny humans? So I think absolutely that, tiny yeah. humans, yeah. Oh my gosh. The yeah, the work you're doing is is so it is so important because because of all these things we've been talking about. Like we we aren't, we aren't taught that this is gonna be this hard. Because if if I think if we we're told like if you choose the motherhood route, it's going to be really tough. There are going to be good seasons. There are going to be good days, but there are also going to be really hard seasons and really hard days. A lot of us, (laughs) I mean, we all, you know, those of us who are, who have, you know, dreamed about being moms since we were little, it might be like, well, I know these are hard, but this is what, this is what I want. But I think a lot of us might take a second and go, hmm, if it's going to be that hard, is this really what I want? (laughs) And so many of us are just kind of thrown in and we're like, okay, so how do I manage all of this? <laughs> no, obviously
1: no. But it's like the the the, the marathon example. I mean, mm-hmm. they, we do we we sign up for so many things in life that are, you we know are going to be challenging. But yes. why do we do it? Because we know they're going to be amazingly gratifying. Mm-hmm. And motherhood does have that. It does have a sense of grat- gratification that is completely unmeasurable and it's absolutely amazing. And you just cannot put it into words or on a price on it. I mean, it is a huge, amazing experience, but you do have to be conscious about the obstacles that come with motherhood just so that you're able to like, catch them as they're happening and just say, okay, I, I knew that this was going to happen or this was probably an, a possibility. So um, what do I do? How do I feel about it? Do I feel good? Do I feel bad? Okay. Okay. I don't feel like I want to be feeling, okay, what what can I do now? We can talk to someone. We can talk to a friend. You can talk to your mom. You can talk to a doctor. You can talk to a, a psychologist. You can write about it. You can go out for a walk. You can cry a little bit. Do whatever you have to do. I just, w- with Maria, we just don't want uh, moms to feel that they're the only ones going through it. They're alone in this, that they're bad mothers because they're not having all the feelings that they want them to, to, to have. Um, that they're bad moms to their kids because they eat, uh, Cheerios, uh, for dinner, um, the kids and the mom, because, or sometimes we're like, we're such great moms to our kids and we fix them the most amazing plates. And then we're like, like, uh, eating the Halloween snack, le- leftovers in the closet <laughs> yes. like where nobody's watching. So let's just like, okay, if, if we're going to do so much effort to buy the fresh broccoli for the kid, like make sure that you have broccoli on your own plate for it as well. So it's, it's, it's all about that. It's just keep, keep the eye on the ball. You, you are part of the team as well. You are uh, the team captain. Uh, we need the captain to be awake and, and, uh, alert and, uh, and just feeling confident because there's not nobody wants a dubious pilot dri- driving a plane. I mean, it's just that. So, once you understand how important you are, how amazing you are, how everything you've gone through, because a lot of people like they go through childbirth and then they read the book and they're like, oh my God, this is so true. This is how I felt, and this is what happened, and this is what what I didn't even know how to put into words because that's the beauty of writing. You, you help people process their own emotions by putting words on things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I love to be a communication specialist. Um, and once they see that, then they can feel that it's, it's okay and they can actually understand what they went through and then just, just like, kind of let it go and just let it, let it, let it go. Like, let it wash you know, like you just let it wash over into um, a hard experience, but you will probably feel much better about yourself because you're just like, oh my god, look what, what look what I just went through, look what yeah. I survived, and just feel good about yourself.
0: Yeah, everything's a season in life, including in motherhood, like nothing is going to let us it's going to, it's always going to keep on changing, right? Absolutely so being able to look back and going, man, I went through that. I got through that. And I think mm-hmm. it's so empowering to hear you just remind moms too, that there's always something that we can do about it. There's yes. always something we can do. We can always, we can always get help. We can write about it. We can go for a walk. We can make sure the broccoli's on our plate too. There is something we can do about it. We don't have to feel like we're the only one, like we're just, you know, this is just it. It's just yes. going to be hard. There is something we can do with it. And going back to what you mentioned earlier with the happy mom study, it can just be one checkbox a week to start yes. and then go from there, no matter what season of, of motherhood you're in. So there is one more thing that I wanted to touch on. I, I didn't want to skip over because you talk about this in your book and you mentioned it a little bit. And that is this concept of, you know, we can't talk about struggling in motherhood without talking about this idea of mom guilt and mom shame. And I, I know that this is something that we all feel because I've been there. And I don't think there's mm-hmm. a single mom in like my mom's circle who hasn't been mm-hmm. like, oh, gosh, I feel so bad for X, Y, and Z. I feel so bad for not doing this for my kid. Or I feel so bad for letting my kid do this. Or I feel so bad because my kid you know, didn't do well on this test at school. And we feel like it's our fault. And we, we put all of this I think pressure on ourselves and some of it's pressure from society too. So I know you talk about this in your book. So how is this, how does this affect us as moms, I guess, and how can we kind of work, start to work through this cycle of mom guilt and mom shame as we are, you know, also working through taking care of ourselves in motherhood. How is this a way that we can take care of ourselves by kind of working through that?
1: I think that we are, Uh, Getting a little bit better with the sisterhood uh, among moms that that didn't exist before. Um, I remember maybe two, like maybe four years ago. No, wait. When I was eight years ago, I remember there was this video that went viral on YouTube. And it was just kind of like the teams of moms, the breastfeeding moms, the bottle feeding moms, the working moms and the stay at home moms, the yoga tree hugging uh, moms versus the other type of moms. And and it was just like, you know what? We're on the same boat. We're all moms and we have to have our backs. And it was a very powerful uh, video for me because I was I was um breast pumping, purely breast pumping My for my daughter. She was able to latch until a month old, and then she wasn't able to suck anymore. So I was bottle feeding her my breast milk, going through so much stress because she had her heart surgery at three months. I was going crazy, getting as much breast milk as I could out of my boobs. And, um, and I was crying and And it was, it was like so painful and it was just a horrible, horrible experience, but I just like was doing it as much as I could to, to give her breast milk because the doctor told me she's going to recuperate much, much faster if she has breast milk. So it was so much pressure that I was going through. And I saw that video and, um, and I was, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I was, she was already four months and I was so, so, so tired. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't continue to pump and and then take care of her. I didn't have any help. I was alone with her. I can't do this anymore. What, what should I do? And a friend of mine comes up to me and she's like, you know what? The second that you realize that you're doing something at your motherhood that starts affecting your happiness in a negative way, that's that's the sign that you should stop. Mm-hmm. And that, that automatically like just kind of melted away the whole mom guilt and mom shaming of all like that I was feeling about the whole breastfeeding thing. And it was just like, you know what, that, that makes absolute sense. And so I started to, to see that. And I do feel that maybe when our moms were moms, there was more of a, a general conversation, maybe it was just like a little bit more, it wasn't so frowned upon to be like, Oh, did you see so-and-so? She did this with her child and she did, and she's she's breastfeeding or she's not breastfeeding, or th- there was more talk. I think today moms are a little bit more conscious about what we should be talking. And um, and that everybody has their own their own way. I, I do think that there's a little bit more conscious about look, she's she's more about this. She's a Whole Foods mom. She's a stop and shop mom. It's okay. They're both good moms. There's a little bit more respect on that. The bad thing is that I do feel that the outer critic has now stepped into inside ourselves. And we are monitoring, monitoring, monitoring ourselves so much more than before. And I think the reason is that we are so overly informed about everything that you can do to be a healthy mom uh a zen mom uh an academic strong mom a tiger mom whatever you want Mm -hmm. and we have the book about how uh, Federer and Nadal became the best uh, tennis players. And we have Michael Jordan's book now. And we have all of the, these books that tell us specifically like, oh, I want my kid to be successful. I want him to be, I just want him to be happy. I just want him to be intelligent. I just want him to, th-. you have so many parenting books that can tell you what you need to know to get to that level. Or I want him to be a whole brain child. I want him to be a holistic child. It's like The information is out there. We just don't have enough time and we don't have enough energy to read everything. And so that's when we have to really, really, really tap into our motherly instinct and connect with ourselves and understand what we need and what our child needs in our home and respect that. Because if you go on social media today, we I swear to God, you're going to find so many moms. First of all, there, there's the, the mom with one or two kids. And then there's a the mom with like seven kids that amazingly, they're all matching. They have the same haircut. They're all wearing beautiful clothes and like something that I <laughs> I rarely managed to, to get with my five kids. Um, they're all looking at the, the, the screen and smiling. That's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to find a lot of moms that are just, uh, they look so beautiful and so perfect. And the filters are so amazing and they're working their work. And everybody looks so shiny and perfect. And you, you really start feeling like you're 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 not you're not doing your work. You're not you're failing. You're why doesn't my kid ever show up with a clean t-shirt? I mean, my kids, I have my my four and my three-year-old, the concept of napkins is so hard right now i mean it's just they they really need to clean like wipe their little hands on their t-shirts every single time and we keep on talking about it and just like napkins are just they're just silly right now they're just stupid and it's like please no so i'm never i I mean it's really hard to get my kids uh, in a clean shot um and then I don't have that much time to be like snapping pictures of my kid all the time. I mean, I don't know how a lot of moms do it. Do they have a professional like photographer running around their <laughs> no house idea. while they're being a mom? I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, mm. I have to check this, the, the cell phone to see if I missed a, a play date or somebody has to go to soccer or maybe a doctor's appointment. I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself throwing myself on the floor all the time, taking photographic pictures of my kids every single second. So, we have to be careful of uh, understanding that the the overflow of information that we have as moms can be highly stressful. The overflow of um, the amount of brands that are targeting us as moms because we are hot items for anybody who's trying to make money off of motherhood right now, and so just putting the word BPA free, uh, non toxic, and the safest crib in the market and stuff like that will will make certain alert alarms shoot off in your head because you you're naturally built to keep your baby safe and you're going to say oh my god i i need like i need the safest crib in the world i need bpa free and what am i not doing that is bpa free (laughs) it's like and it starts to like really um play around with your with your head and with your emotions so motherly instinct it's there but it's it it's going to be there a hundred percent if you are a hundred percent there with yourself. And that's why we wrote this book, just like first you, and then I swear to God, you're just going to know how, what, what your kid needs and the amount that whatever he needs and the rhythm that he should get it. And you should get it. How much information you let go, you get into your house, into your head, into your kid's head. It's going to answer a lot of questions. Um, in a much more natural way. And I don't, for me, it's like one of the magical parts of motherhood, that instinct it's real. It it does happen, but you have to be connected with yourself.
0: Mm, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That makes so much sense. You know, as someone who has struggled with anxiety for my entire life, but didn't really recognize it until I was an adult, I recognize that when my anxiety is under control, when I am happy, when I am calm, when I'm feeling good, how much easier it is to tune into myself and to be more present. When I am, you know, anxious or in this state of frenzy, it really is hard to to be present and to connect with myself, to connect with, you know, the the moment, my family, what we're doing. Otherwise, I feel like I'm you know running around in a million different places, whether it's in my brain or I'm physically running around in a million different places. Yes. So it, it does. It makes so much sense that the more we connect with ourselves the more that we can really be there and really be present and really tune into that motherly instinct that intuition and to make those decisions that are right for us and our family instead of allowing all of those world judgments and those you know mm-hmm. world ideas to pile on instead taking a step back and tuning in but that requires that clarity and and being clear and being and being calm and being centered so oh gosh absolutely so, so important. I love this so much. I would, I could still talk to you for hours. Yeah, this has been amazing interview. I had so much fun. Oh my gosh. I've had so much fun too. So just to wrap it up, are there any last pieces of wisdom, maybe things we didn't cover or just a message that you want to share for the mom who might be struggling in motherhood right now?
1: I've recently discovered that when you have five kids, a lot of people ask you for a lot of advice on, um, on health issues, uh, eating organization and whatever. And, um, uh, my biggest advice as a mom of five is a, every time that I've gone through pregnancy and childbirth, um, it's, it's been a roller coaster. It's, it, it's, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's not that it doesn't get easier. It does get easier in a lot of senses, but the amount of movement still happens. And especially hormonally, a hormonally, you is just, it's, it's something that's out of control and you have to take care of yourself the same way that you're taking care of the baby. Um, this, this last time, um, my baby was three months old and I was talking to my husband because I felt, um, a little bit pressured to, uh, do things a little bit right. And, and like in my home, he was like, Oh, well, why isn't this done and that done and whatever. And, and I picked up the baby and I showed it to him and I was like, look, look at this baby. You see how small he is. He's three months old. I'm exactly the same size as him right now. Like understand. I mean, and, and he's gone through all the pregnancies with me and he's, had, he's the father of all my children. And you just kind of, I still had to remind him, you know what? Easy now. I mean, I'm still going through postpartum and no matter, I mean, obviously I, I have experience, but there is a certain delicacy to somebody who's gone through so much right now and uh, you have to respect it. And I just put my hand up and he was like, okay, perfect. Awesome. And it's just like, uh, he, he shut up <laughs> about uh, if we had uh, the dinner ready on time or not, um, which is fine i mean i understand you come home from your office and you want to have dinner with your kids at a certain time but if it's not happening it's because something else was happening mm-hmm. and let's just trust that mom's doing the best she can um so just try to manage that um that thought in your head as much as you can it's just it's not you it's not the amount of kids it's not because it's your first child it's it it does happen then there's there's a lot of movement and you have to be okay with yourself going through all the motions, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, permit yourself to go through all the motions. And it's absolutely worth it. It's absolutely natural. It's a natural process. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Just keep the eye on the ball that you're um, you you're, you're going to be a much better mom to any of your kids if you take care of yourself first.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, what encouragement to me that, you know, it's, it's even hard after five kids. Cause I'm like, I feel like I only have two, but each season still feels hard, but okay. it is yeah. it's just, it's just a different heart and a different season. Um, and I love that idea that, you know, if you've got a three month old, you're, you're also three months old in this season. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and so yeah. you do, you need also need to, to grow and to, to learn how to, how to readjust and recalibrate right in every season. So, oh my gosh, Sami, this was an amazing, Amazing conversation. I have loved chatting with you. Um, so where can my listeners connect with you and Maria Luisa and get your book?
1: We have we're on we're on Amazon, we have it on Audible, we have it on Kindle. Uh you can buy the the, the physical copy and take notes and highlight it and send it to your friends, whatever baby shower gifts. You can you can do whatever you want with it. We did every single version of the book because, uh, we, it's not about making money. It's about getting this out there and helping as much moms as we, as we could. And, um, and then we have our Instagram page at, ha- at happy, uh, mom book and, um, and yeah, that's it. I mean, we just, we just want as much moms as, as we can to get the, their hands on it. I mean, we, we haven't had one person read this book and not tell us that they, they were so grateful to read everything. Uh, the best description that I heard, I think it was from a blurb that Zibi Owens said, actually. Um, it's just like, you're, it's like sitting down for coffee with two really smart friends that have done their research on uh, the subject of what goes on through motherhood. Um, and then Mel Robbins also commented, um, it's a must-read book for anybody that wants to really reconnect with what they need out of life. And it's just, um, it's been so amazing to hear so many good things about the book. So yeah, um, they can find us on Amazon, Happy Mom, Happy Kid. And then on Instagram at
0: Happy Mom Book. Awesome. Okay. Well, we will put all of those links in the show notes. I'm sure my listeners are going to be running to get your book. Um, and we will definitely be chatting about it in the healthy balance mama's Facebook community as well. So thank you again so much for taking time out of your busy day to, to chat with me. This was, this was so great. Thank you. It was great. We had, I had a blast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the healthy balance mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me.